everyone, and welcome to Mercer's Energizing the Employee Experience podcast. Here at Mercer, we're the global consulting leader across talent, health, retirement, investments, and of course, employee benefits. For more details, please visit us at uk.mercer.com. In this new podcast series, we're going to be exploring the future of work, the latest trends, and of course, all the big topics in HR. I'm your host, Jack Curzon, Consultant Director here at Mercer, and each week I'm going to be joined by colleagues of, of mine from Mercer and wider um, who are going to share all their ideas, their experience, and their insights. On today's episode, we're going to be diving deep into transformation, and I'm really, really excited to be joined by my two colleagues, Emma and David. If we can do a couple of introductions, uh, and then we can jump straight in. So Emma, if you could explain a little bit about yourself and your role. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Um, Emma Buffett, I am the client strategy leader for Mercer UK. Um, so really, we um, work with clients to help them develop and evolve their people strategy for maximising the investment across their people. Hi, Jack. Uh, David Dodd. I'm MMB's uh, mid-market UK leader. So I'm responsible for the consulting propositions and technology propositions across uh, MMB's UK mid-market client base. Thanks very much. Great to be joined by both of you. We're really spoiled today because we've got kind of two sides of the coin in terms of experience. Emma's been dealing with some of the you know, biggest corporations in the world and delivering transformation. And David has gone through a significant amount of change internally as a leader through integrations and acquisitions. So we've got different opinions and, and expertise today. So th- the first thing I wanted to ask getting straight into it is, David, you first. What does transformation actually mean to you? Yeah, and it's a very broad question. I mean, by its very nature, you know, we're talking about extreme change. And, you know, when I think about it from a business point of view, I've probably spent the last five years in a period of transformation. So um, I've worked for a sort of startup private equity backed business in the past, which has been acquired. And I've gone on to work for. Mercer, who, uh, again, have been acquisitive by nature. And I think that's quite synonymous with what's happening um, in the UK and even globally right now. I think there's a huge amount of of transformation. And from my point of view, it it spans everything from sort of organisational change. So uh, Emma's going to touch on clients uh, later on, but everything from mergers and acquisition to divestiture to even the the changing people and cultural cultural, um, piece. But again, when we think about digital business uh, processes and even the external pressures in terms of things like COVID, Brexit, um, environmental change, everything is leading to a what I think is a big melting pot of, of transformation right now. So, yeah, I feel like um, change is is good. You know, it, it keeps us all very interested. It makes what we do very interesting, and it also helps us. Um, you know, be far more creative and, and innovative as well. So definitely at the moment, we are in, in, a, in a, a world of transformation. Yeah, naturally, I, I would I would definitely agree with that. So my my view is more on from a client's perspective. So um, what does transformation mean to me? Based on, I guess, the work and the conversations we've had with clients, it's threefold. People, organisational structure, and naturally the financials. So you, um, it's really difficult, but I think they're going to have to find sort of a way of being able to bring all three together 
to obviously have the right structure in place, support all the digital needs, look after your employees, but obviously with an eye on the financials as well, the cost of implementing such such a strategy to support the transformational change. But also, I mean, it's, it's going to continually evolve, I think. So, um, you know, got to be agile uh, and, and adapt to that change, whatever. You know, who knows how, how um, things are going to evolve in the future. Uh, hopefully we don't have another pandemic around the corner. But um, yeah, I, I think you've got to make sure that you can adapt. And I think just to add to that as well, Emma, I absolutely agree. I think the period of transformation that we're in, I think the accelerator has well and truly been pressed with um, what's happened with COVID. And, and actually, you know, that's no bad thing because many of the, the changes that we're seeing, they've actually been bubbling around for, for a few years. You know, the whole digital piece, environmental piece, the, the culture and people um, transformation agenda. It's always sort of been there, flexible working, but actually COVID has, has ramped things up and it's forced businesses to really think about how they want to uh, effectively evolve and how they want to be in the future. So perversely, I actually think COVID, despite obviously such a, a uh, traumatic period that maybe businesses have been through, will actually serve us well in the long term because it's forced businesses to to really think about you know what the long-term uh, aim is for, for for themselves for their strategies and rather than just looking maybe short sightedly at uh, quick wins actually it gives us um, yeah. the businesses the chance mm. to, to plan yeah i agree being being more being more effective and efficient with your resource uh, yeah i i agree i think before um it, we were probably in a period can we say we were a bit uh, stagnant maybe or the change wasn't so quick um, compared to what we've experienced in the last 18 months. I don't know if you'd agree with that. But um, um, I, I would look at it, you know, five, 10 years ago, it was potentially a slower period of change. Um, and and you're probably now looking to be more efficient and effective with your resource because you've got to. It, it, I mean, the change is so rapid. Before we were dealing mainly with digitalization. Now it's still digitalization, but it's everything else um, as well. So. But if you yeah, think I, back to, I was just going to say, if you think back to this time last year, obviously, you know, the pandemic, we were, what, you know, two or three months into it. And it was absolutely amazing, the speed of change. All of a sudden, things that I didn't even think could happen so quickly in a business happened because they had to happen. You know, getting kit out to everyone's um, home addresses, ensuring everyone was able to work safely and securely. Things that, that maybe would have taken 12, 18 months to happen in the past, all of a sudden happened because it had to. So, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention, as they say. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that as well. I think, you know, there's lots of quotes following the, the change in the pandemic and, you know, people were saying how as a country or, you know, different processes have basically evolved 10 years in a space of 10 months kind of thing but it's good to know you know we're a couple of minutes into the discussion we've already said pandemic and covid um it's been such a, a big impact obviously and we know we're not gonna work how we worked before hopefully we won't continue to work how we're working right now but there'll be a happy medium in between i think also going on the back of some of your comments and there's no better time than now to try and do something a bit different and reorder the priorities in an organization where before there might have been big projects or kind of loose objectives over a period of time. I think we've got more mm. impetus now to try and do something a little bit different and start with that transformation kind of exercise, so to speak. But I mean, we've also said quite a few very big words. You know, we've said divestitures, mergers and acquisitions, 
Um, you know, David, you mentioned working for private equities firms and also been, been involved in acquisitions from a leader as well. Some of these things can seem quite scary or potentially quite negative as well. What, um, on the other side, what does, what does a good transformation exercise look like? What does good outcomes look like when you're going through a transformation? Yeah, from my point of view, I mean, I suppose it boils down to sort of proactive and reactive change. You know, how how um, on board are you with this? You know, is it is this in in your own gift in terms of uh, you've got a clear strategy? And I think those businesses who have got a clear vision and a clear strategy about where they want to get to and, and where they want to evolve to in the future um, tend to do it better than those that have it thrust upon them. And I know we've talked about COVID being very much a, a reactionary transformation piece because obviously no one could have. Saw it, foreseen it, um, but but definitely, I think those who have got a clear vision, a clear strategy, know what they want to try and achieve. Those who are clear about, you know, whether it's for the benefit of their employees, their shareholders, their clients, they're the ones that tend to have done this um, or have, have, have adapted to transformation um, far more seamlessly than maybe those that are, you know, very much reactionary to it. What about you? From I'd, I'd agree. Side? I'd. Yeah, I, I was just going to add that for me, the first thing that comes to my head is people or, you know, my person. If I think about me personally, if I'm going through a huge period of transformation, being part of a business like Mercer, I want to feel good in myself out the back of that. So I think um, I think organizations for, for organizations, any organization, big or small um, out there, what does good look like? It, it's for me, it's how well are your people feeling? How encouraged are your people um uh, about working for you, about um, driving the particular culture you're you're wanting to drive as an organisation, whether you're UK, global, whatever that might be. Um, it's getting a clear message out to employees and they actually live and breathe that, not just uh, as a business we've ticked the box and we've sent out a communication message or strategy. It's actually that you can see that they're living and breathing through that. Um, that, for me, is, is, is a good outcome of a transformational change. Sure. I was just going to add to that, Jack, if I may as well. I mean, I think from my experience as well, I think when you go through a period of transformation and to Emma's point, you know, people are our number one asset. It's about how you communicate with people and keep them on that journey with you as well, rather than it being a, I mean, obviously there's going to be elements of confidentiality when you come to, to big transformation programs, but keeping people engaged, enthused, communicated through that journey as well helps people come out the other side because they feel that they've been in, uh, involved in that whole process and can see a clear direction rather than it just being completely mandated and all of a sudden there's a huge change uh, thrust upon them without any real clarity around it. Sure. In another episode of the podcast, we, we spoke a lot about culture and the themes that came out through that were a lot around engagement, communications, transparency, authentic messages. And obviously, culture winds through the bones of transformation as well right but would you say things like transparent comms and being authentic is is also really important in in transformation as well yeah i i would because i think that supports the behavior you're trying to you're trying to get as the you know that's the main goal i think is making sure that employees are on board with your messages are li again living and breathing um, the message that you're trying to portray out there. Um, so if they're authentic and transparent, it's the easiest way to be able to get employees to understand and then, again, live and breathe it. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, one of the reasons and using the COVID example again, one of the reasons why we've been able to change so rapidly has been often down to just how collaborative um, our people have been. You know, they're, they're engaged, they, they want to be on the journey, they want to be involved. And that actually helps hugely when you're looking at some of these big transformation uh, programs that certainly some of our clients and, and that I've been on myself um, I, th I think that's an absolutely key part to any sort of success. If you're going to go on the journey is, as, as Emma says, keep your key asset um, engaged throughout, obviously, where appropriate. But, um, you know, that will that will undoubtedly lead to a better outcome. Oh, sorry to add in, but th this connects well with, I mean, your first question, Jack. So if we're thinking of focusing on people as, as the, the main focus here, Obviously, organisations have got to get have got to have the right uh, financial backing for them to be able to um, invest in the communication, especially in the um, structure, digitalised structure of the organisation, the ability to actually be able to act on this. Um, so financials then do come into it, um, and what does good look like? It's being able to invest cleverly with the strict budget you may have for your own organization is being able to invest cleverly and smartly to be able to um, get the results that we've spoken about just now. Yeah, that is so key. I think you know, some of the comments we've just said as well around how to talk to people and what to talk to them about, I don't think you can avoid some things. So there's always going to be this element of a last minute meeting, putting people's diaries and an email out of the blue. But there's obviously ways that we can do it better. And there's ways that we can learn from, from lessons. And I, I don't want to ask you what bad transformation looks like. I'd rather ask you, you know, what do you think can be done better? Or what mistakes do you often see that are made both from a delivery perspective on a project style, you know, working with clients, Emma, but also, you know, dealing with significant change internally on your side of the fence, David? I think from, from my point of view, fear, uncertainty, doubt, because if you don't involve your people in the, on the change um, curve, then undoubtedly, you know what it's like, we've all sat in offices and if there is, you know, the, the, the people talk and people start to speculate and I think that is, can, can be a killer because actually when you get to the point of either wanting to, to, to deliver a positive message or to, to try and engage people um, at what you think is the right time, if they've already got a preconceived idea about what, what something's going to, or what the outcome is going to be in their own minds, that can be uh, counterintuitive. So I think absolutely, rather than allowing people to speculate about, you know, what the future might look like, try and involve them early on, get the view um, of the shop floor and in inverted commas to, to understand what people are thinking and feeling because again that can actually help inform your strategy and whilst it might not completely change the direction of the transformation program it will allow you to maybe um, complement it uh, by having that view of the people. Yeah um, I, I would I would definitely agree um, asking asking employees and bringing them on the journey that, that that's absolutely a must um, but I, I've seen <laughs> uh, things work in isolation um, at organisations. Um, and so you might have sort of one particular um, uh, joined up view, vision, if you like, as to where you want to go as, a, as an organisation. But then you've got pockets of the company doing different things. And so if you work in isolation, typically speaking, I would say that you don't necessarily can't reach a common goal. 
so I think there needs to be a common way of getting to that um, that that main that main goal um, that you're trying to achieve. Um, whether you know whether it's a new a new culture, as a lot of people, a lot of organisations have experienced at the back of this um, transformational change um, that we're experiencing as a result of the pandemic. A lot of organisations are reevaluating their culture. So um, if you know that you've got one sort of common focus as to what your culture needs to be, you need to make sure everyone I think is going on the same journey rather than um, having sort of pockets of the organization working in different ways. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you know, there's always going to be um, parts of big transformation programs, as I mentioned before, that you're not going to be able to involve and get the view of the people. You can't have everyone, you know, a, a pure democracy in terms of every decision that we make on the on the transformation journey. So if you're looking to buy another business, you're not going to get the view of the shop floor there. But definitely from a, I don't know, if you're changing the, uh, the look and feel of the office or the culture of the business or, um, you know, you're looking at, you know, I don't know, a new benefits program, you obviously are going to want to um, ask and get the, the opinions of of, um, of the workforce and of colleagues, but um, there, there will always be uh, elements which are going to be driven by the business. But one thing I would say is that I think people are probably in the modern workforce more open, agile and adaptable to change. You know, they probably expect it more than we did 5, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, and it's it's seen as the norm. You know, if I just think about from my own experience, the benefits industry in the UK, when you look at providers and intermediaries, if you look at what the market looked like five, ten years ago, and now look, look at what it looks like, it's contracted and consolidated quite considerably. And, and similarly, there have been uh, disruptors into the market space as well. So I think people expect it a little bit more and are a bit more resilient to, and adaptable to change, which I think is good given what's going on. Yeah, and what what you've both explained there, it sounds in one way, it sounds so simple of the concept of talking to people about a change and openly communicating, uh, you know, even ba- the basics, right? But often it's forgotten about. Be transparent, be open. Let's talk to people about what's going on. Use the right words as well, I think, because when you start talking about consultations and stuff like that or modernizations, it can be a bit misleading. But just to be completely open from the start. And also, you know, if I put my consulting hat on, the the organizations that I've dealt with, you know, the most successful ones always take a huge step back at the beginning. They say, what is it we are trying to achieve with this transformation? And as long as they stay true to that, they, everyone else can go on the journey as well. As long as everyone can see why an organization is doing what they are doing. And that can still apply. It doesn't matter if it's a divestiture, like you said, David, a merger and acquisition, significant change internally, like you were talking about, Emma. It's, it's, all, it's all very, very simple, but you know it can go either way in terms of good and bad. So there's a few words we've also spoken about in terms of being proactive. Uh, how how do you stay proactive in a world where we are having to react to new things all the time and we don't know what the future holds? I think it's always useful. I mean, obviously, you need to understand your world, your landscape, and, and, and not sit and just wait for things to happen. So always have a sort of one, two, three-year plan and try and understand, you know, for example, in our world, you know, we're, we're quite, we like to think tech-savvy and we're always looking at ways to better uh, our proposition for our clients so we're looking at new solutions so uh, and when they come to market so you know AI for example is a big buzzword and and, and more and more uh, businesses are trying to incorporate AI but it's making sure that you have a sort of future roadmap plan to get to 
ultimately your desired goal rather than thinking, oh yeah, we should have thought about that. Now let's try and put the plan together. And all of a sudden you've lost, you know, one, two years worth of um, of time because you hadn't adequately plan, planned. So again, it sounds very simple and basic and, and I, most businesses would do it, but actually it's it's frightening to think uh, about the number of conversations I've had with with clients as well, where that isn't necessarily on their uh, to-do list. It's it's something that they still do react uh, to and they have a plan for. Yeah, I, I I love answering this question or having the conversation with clients and answering this question um, with my bringing my own personal experience into the conversation. So if I think about how can I be proactive in in life, but also allow the ability to be a bit reactive as we know things are going to sort of chop and change in the future. So it's about having that vision for the organization, having that vision for me (laughs) in life, and then allowing myself to be reactive, allowing the organization to be reactive in certain pockets. So um, I, I don't you know, dare you say it, uh, in a year, for example, of your strategy, of your, of your plan, um, could you say 25% of that year is um, set aside to be reactive to anything that comes our way? Um, but obviously, you're going to have to reevaluate that strategy and that vision as you change, as the organization changes. But I think it's about accepting sometimes you have to be reactive. You're going to have to be reactive. We don't know what the future holds. So if you have that vision um, and then allowing yourself the opportunity to be reactive um, when you, you're sort of guessing, you're preempting the fact that you need to be reactive at certain points in time. I know that having both of you on an episode, we get into a circumstance where we could carry on almost forever. Um, and time's gone very quick today. So thanks both of you, both Emma and David, so much for the insight. It's been great to hear it from the two different angles as well, from the experience of working with organizations and also from the internal experience as a leader. So thank you. I'm sure for our listeners, if you've got any questions around transformation or change, I'm sure both Emma and David would be happy to field them directly. So we'll put in contact details and LinkedIn in the notes and stuff. But both of you, thank you so much for joining. It's been great. Um, Listeners, please subscribe. Thanks very much for dialing into this episode. If you've got any questions, you can email us directly. If you go to mercer.uk at mercer.com, or you can also reach out for extra resources on our website at uk.mercer.com. Thanks very much.